Hello and welcome to the EcoSend podcast, a weekly podcast on becoming a climate conscious business. Every week, we'll be interviewing founders, marketers, and leaders who are championing the climate. The podcast is hosted by myself, James Gill, co-founder and CEO of GoSquared and the makers of EcoSend. If you run a business or are responsible for growing one, and you want to have a positive impact on the environment, then listen on. Every episode, our goal is for you to learn something and be inspired to take some action. Every single one of us making small changes and some large changes will add up. We're all in this together. So let's get on with the show. Thanks so much for listening. Now let's meet today's guest. Hi there, welcome to another episode of the EcoSend podcast. It's exciting to be here. Each week we're bringing you uh, new and inspiring content on how to build a more sustainable business. We're speaking to amazing people who are either running businesses or running marketing and doing something to make the, make the planet a bit better. And we're excited this week to be speaking to two amazing people. The first time I've had two people on the show at the same time. And I'm speaking this week to Megan and Jenna from Nudge and Megan is co-founder of Nudge and Jenna heads up all things digital marketing and Nudge what is Nudge I hear you ask so Nudge is the new free app that empowers you to live more sustainably in the long term one small nudge at a time if that couldn't be a more perfect app to be featuring and talking to the people behind on this show that I don't know what it is so pleasure to have you both here how are you doing how are you doing Megan how are you doing Jenna very well thanks for having us James it's a pleasure to be here Awesome. Yeah, very excited. Thank you. Awesome. Good to have you both. So I guess to start with, maybe it'd be great to hear a bit of background on both of you. Maybe starting with you, Megan. You co-founded this app. I assume you didn't just wake up and suddenly decide to do that. What's gotten you to hear? Let's hear more about your story to, to this point. Yeah, no, it's a great question. Thank you. So I'm Megan Crawford. I am an economist by trade. I spent a decade and a half consulting, mostly for governments, either at city, regional level or national around ICT infrastructure, so digital infrastructure in cities, and really making the business case, so providing the evidence for infrastructure investment. I went on to have two children, in which I was off for maternity leave, and really wanted to do more to help create positive change and impact in our world. I think after, and Jenna has heard this story probably a million times, but <laughs> after a very difficult day with, with both girls, I sat down to unwind the life and times of David Attenborough, it was anything but light. And I think I was completely baffled by what we're setting our kids up for in terms of climate disaster. So I had a very restless night. I was thinking about ways that I could incorporate my background as an economist, bringing data to the front to really help people have a relationship with carbon. So I went on to think about sort of challenges and how we could create household challenges that were quantified, um, called my husband the next morning. And he was like, aha, the Strava of sustainability, which to us at Nudge has been sort of the internal tagline. So really creating data, robust data to give consumers a relationship with the carbon impacts that they're having and at all touch points across their lifestyle. So we talk about food in Nudge and the impact of food, but also energy consumption and sort of things within the home, mobility, waste. We really try to quantify all aspects, but I suppose Nudge is unique in the sense that we're trying to create a movement. I encourage people to be social. Typically, I think when we looked at carbon apps, shaming is sort of at the front and we don't want to be a shaming app. We want to create a positive experience and really have language that's modern and keep people fresh. 
Awesome. Awesome. The Strava of sustainability is a great line, by the way. I should have opened with that. It's great. <laughs> Thank you so much. I absolutely fascinated to hear the journey to this point. I think we'll probably need to tuck into a lot of those topics in a sec. Thank you, Megan, for giving that little bit of background. And how about yourself, Jenna? Well, I think it's important to start out saying that my journey to sustainability has been quite long. It started when I was really young. I was at primary school and I remember signing up for a like an after school activities class and it was all about saving the environment and endangered species and that kind of sparked this interest for me in starting to look after our planet and just being more mindful about the actions and I don't know how many kids get excited during their lunch break to go and pick up litter around, <laughs> but that, that was definitely where I was at. So I think that definitely sparked my journey to becoming more sustainable. As I progressed in my education, I decided to do a business degree. And when I was doing this business degree, I decided I didn't want to work for a business that I didn't believe in and that wasn't purpose-driven. And so that was kind of what led me to want to work for a sustainability minded business. Mm -hmm. And then I decided to do my master's in marketing mm -hmm. and I was actually at King's College London and I met Meg and Dee through a consultancy project that I was doing for one of my courses. And that's how I came across Nudge. And I think I remember after hearing about the Nudge app, I literally went up to Megan after class and I was like, this is the app I've been waiting for. I feel like so many people don't know where to start on their journeys. And I want to make sure that I can be helping people come across that and helping people make a start and actually have a more meaningful and a more mindful outlook to our lives. So that's kind of where how I've come here, I guess. Amazing. That's awesome. So I guess in some ways, if you had been using Nudge app since primary school, you'd be at the top of the leaderboard by now with all that letter picking back at lunchtimes. <laughs> definitely, definitely a million points. <laughs> Amazing. So it feels like it'd be crazy not to jump into understanding more about what you're doing with the Nudge app. I feel like that's mostly where my intrigue is leading me. Changing people's behaviors is very, very hard, isn't it? So how are you trying to encourage people? Because I guess with something like Strava, people want to get fitter, they want to get healthier, but like with the climate, it seems so distant, like what's in it for me? So how are you changing that? That may be a very broad question, but I don't know if that's one for you, Megan, to unpack a little bit. It's a great question. And you're right. I think because carbon is intangible and climate change is intangible, it's really difficult for us as a species to grasp the impact that we're having like an effect. So that's part of the beauty of Nudge. We're really trying to make carbon tangible. So we're doing that by creating reference points. So miles driven, in addition to carbon in terms of kilos, we're also really trying to build awareness and knowledge around what is carbon impact and how can you potentially exact change at an individual level. I think we found through a lot of our market research and a lot of the users that we have to date, baseline knowledge is really, really low in terms of the impact that we're having. Many people aren't aware that Flying is obviously a massive, yeah. you could maybe not travel once, reduce reduce the number of times that you're traveling on an annual basis. The potential impact is huge or swapping out a meat dish once a week. Again, these small actions have a really large impact ultimately when done so collectively. Um, so Nudge is grounded in behavioral psychology as well. We work with the behavioralist who does a lot of the behavioral research behind really creating sustainable habits, if you will. 
I see. So is there a competitive element to it or is it very much everyone for themselves? Am I able to compete with Jenna for being the most climate conscious this week? So definitely we aspire to, and we aspire to give you the ability yeah. to toggle between if you want to do something alone, like I have a few, we realize yeah. that they're different for everyone. I think yeah. ultimately, and we're very early on our journey, we have massive aspirations in terms of some of the tech that will be included within the Nudge app. But sure. currently, you can certainly see the impact that someone is having, give someone a high five. Yeah. But ultimately, leaderboards are, are definitely... <laughs> Maybe I'm just in a competitive mood today. So you mentioned flying, you mentioned changing eating habits. Are there anything that surprised you the most around things people can be changing in their daily lives that may be surprising either to you or to other people? You know, I've definitely been trying to be more conscious of what I eat in particular, but are there other areas that you feel are being overlooked or missed out? that people can be changing up. I, maybe Megan again, or Jenna, if well, you have something to say on that, actually. I think <laughs> I was, I definitely think I was the most surprised at, about the things that I could do at home. Um, right, okay. A lot of people overlook really, really small things like washing your laundry on a cold wash or 30 degrees as opposed to 40, 50, 60 degrees. Something so small like that, and then coupling that with, air drying your clothes instead of using your tumble dryer collectively I think it's something like I don't want to get my facts wrong but it, it seemed like just 0.1 kilos of carbon that you'd be saving but ultimately if you did that once a week over the yeah. 50 weeks that could actually have a massive impact and it's something that doesn't take any additional effort which yeah. I thought was great even something like composting you know, instead of throwing your food scraps and garden waste into your regular general waste bin, setting up a compost bin and putting all your scraps in there, it's preventing so many more harmful greenhouse gases from entering our atmosphere. And you're actually able to create a really lovely, like nutrient rich soil for your plants that you can then use in your garden. So you can repurpose that. And so there were so many things that I could do without even leaving my house. that I thought was actually really encouraging for me. And it didn't seem like it was a negative. It seemed like something that was just enhancing my life. Absolutely. That's actually so interesting as well, because I feel like all around the world, everyone's feeling the pinch at the moment with budgets. They're really testing times for a lot of people in the world right now. And I think sometimes when faced with a choice, people don't always prioritize environmental things when budget is a big consideration, but it's quite refreshing and I think incredibly exciting to know that a lot of things we can be doing are better for the planet, but also better for our own budgets. And no one's losing by making some of these changes, which I think is a very reassuring place to be. There's like no one's worse off by, by making these decisions, which, which is a good thing. I feel like there's a lot of practical things in there. So with Nudge, when you are making these changes, I take it you are recording these, tracking these, and then you are earning towards uh like uh, sort of a system which encourages you to do more of that i think you you are so yes you're earning points yeah. you're earning carbon in terms of the impact that you're having but an interesting point and one that we didn't touch on is that nudge is also attempting to bring a triple bottom line so looking at the health impacts so mm -hmm. things like diet and or transport and mobility when you're taking active modes of mobility it of course has a positive impact in terms of your yeah. overall being so there's other factors like carbon is obviously very important but as a sort of financial and health which we're trying to create this sort of like 
virtuous circle in terms of the impact that you're having. It's quite positive. But then also interestingly, Jenna and I attended a conference like last week and one of the women who attended had mentioned that she's been calculating the cost of her shower. And for us, we had to sort of reduce your shower time as a savings in terms of the carbon impact that you'd be having within the app. And then she had calculated it was costing her currently 80 pence per shower that she had. I think the average Brit has approximately eight minutes in a shower. Eight minutes, okay. That would cost her four pounds, which is like fivefold in terms of the impact in just a few months time, it was going to be five times the cost of what she's spending now. So I think this is a prime example that you can reduce your shower time. You're being friendly, obviously, to the environment, but you're also helping the bottom line in terms of like your household. And if you multiply that across the number of people that live within your house, it could be significant, like 10 to 15 pounds a day, probably on average. Yeah, it's incredible thinking just for one household. But then I guess there's the macro thing of more people making these changes is it has tremendous impact, doesn't it? Like if you think of the millions of people that could be making these small changes. I, I remember it was one of those things I found very inspiring about the, you know, the Nest thermostat, the smart thermostat. I think it's just such an exciting time to be working on in this area in terms of the impact technology can have where drawing people's attention to things and even encouraging small behavior changes can have just such an outsized impact when enough people are, are adopting those changes. Maybe Jenna, you could tell me a bit more about the community side of things with Nacho. I know uh, you're both saying how a big part of this is about getting more people involved and, and making more of a change. How is Nudge getting more people involved? Is, it, is there sort of a viral component to it? Or I go back to my competitive nature. Is that part of it? How are you working on building this, uh, this movement, this community? So if I think about it, we've been trying to figure out how can we best build a community, create this movement, essentially, with a bunch of people who are leading more sustainable lifestyles. We like to use the term imperfectly sustainable because it's not about everyone doing everything perfectly. It's not about one or two people doing things perfectly. It's about thousands, millions of people just making small little changes and doing whatever they can with the resources that they have. So we have been focusing a lot on what are the incentives that drive people to want to become sustainable and what's the incentive for them to actually have this be a sustained action that they end up using and taking with them throughout the rest of their lives. So is it the competitiveness that we've talked about? <laughs> Maybe for me, but uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Myself or as well. is, it, is it the fact that you just know you're doing something good and mm. it's more of an altruistic point of view or is there the financial incentive you're doing things that are good for the planet but ultimately that's because you're going to have some sort of monetary reward for doing it so we've been really trying to unpack that and figure out how can we lead that and how firstly how can we figure out which groups are mm. following those incentives but then how can we make that the most productive and effective thing for them? And I think another fact about community building is we need to make sure that whenever we are talking to someone, it's sustainability isn't pushed in their face, but rather we're finding things that resonate with them and then being able to talk to them about sustainability through a topic that actually they care about and they have some sort of tie to or interest in. So an example of this would be, I had a conversation with a lady 
a few weeks ago, and she said she didn't really care about sustainability until she found out that her eight-year-old daughter was diagnosed with severe asthma. Oh, really? Yeah, and after finding out that her daughter had severe asthma, she realized how much air pollution there was in London, and that kind of on this on this massive journey to educating herself about air pollution and air quality and sustainability and the fact that we've got so many cars on the road and that Mm. actually made her become more invested in trying to make a difference. And so it was through having that point of, oh, I need to do this to protect my daughter. That's what led her to then buy into sustainability for lack of a better term. Yeah, that's actually fascinating. So that's sort of the trigger. And then having that personal connection to it can make you so much more motivated than to change anything up in your lifestyle. It's actually fascinating. You touch on the air pollution side of things. I did actually end up going to a, there was an event in London or there was an exhibition about air pollution in London. And it was fascinating about how um, London is bad still, I believe, but it has gotten dramatically better since the days of everyone having a coal fire to warm their house and things. But the alarming thing is that not every city around the world is at that point where London has got to over those years, even though London's still got some way to go. There's still cities around the world where they are still building coal power stations and and they're on that upward trajectory of industrialization. And there's still so much to be done around the world, not just in our local communities but some of those things are very hard to change directly but it's just eye-opening how these topics can vary depending on where you are whether you're in London or America or parts of the world that are suffering from this even more. I think that's an excellent point though because your socioeconomic status it plays a big part in terms of what is Mm. your baseline and it isn't about necessarily what you can afford to do but what you have the capacity to do. I think that's why finding the levers that resonate with individuals to really exact change and to realize that it's a personal journey, that this isn't something mm. that like everyone, just because we're in the West and necessarily have the resources to deal with sustainability. It's something that with sort of sufficient knowledge and personalization, if you will, everyone can play a part. And I think that's yeah. a really important message that the expectation, it's more like, what can you do at an individual level, as opposed to forcing people into one size fits all? Yeah, I guess that's actually a really interesting point. I guess for, for, for you folks on building something like the Nudge, it's, it, it's like trying to find those triggers that do matter for each person and if people can really buy into their own journey I guess just as if you were using something like Strava some people want to build strength some people want to get slimmer some people you know people have their own motivations that drive them on those journeys and if you miss that then you're just gonna be it's like hitting a brick wall trying to get people to buy into that journey and it feels like sometimes when you see some of the broader advertising or initiatives maybe that sometimes come from more of a, at a government level it can be very impersonal and often do more harm and push people away from that cause rather than you know bringing it to something individuals feel they can contribute to and mean something to them so very fascinating I, I there are a few other topics I just wanted to make sure we did cover I know one of the things you mentioned when we were talking before was around making sure people take changes rather than shaming them and I think this is a big big topic as well you know people feeling bad (laughs) about not doing enough maybe that's one for you Megan around how you feel that you're able to to change that a little bit 
Yeah, no, absolutely. So I think currently we're in a state of paralysis where climate change has, it's so topical, but no one really knows where to start. And I think this was really the premise of where Nudge was born. Sustainability in itself is such a, a massive topic. It touches every aspect of our lives. How do you begin to take small action to do your part? And I think ultimately we found through our market research that like, Human beings don't respond to being shamed. It's just contrary to our nature. Mm. You want to feel invested. You want to do something of your own volition and feel as though you're empowered to, to make change. So that's really what Nudge is trying to tap into. We're rewarding you for taking positive steps. No matter how small the step is, we want to make sure that we're celebrating successes. And that could be as simple as turning out the lights. So electricity isn't going to waste because it has a carbon impact. Or it could be at the other end of the spectrum, someone who's already really sustainable, but has now made the stride to get rid of their car, for instance, which is mm. a massive step and not practical for everyone. But we're celebrating all of those successes along the way, irrespective of where you are in that journey. And I think for us, we've spent a lot of time and a lot of energy figuring out what the language is to be uplifting, to be modern with the times, as opposed to shaming you into action. <laughs> we just don't respond to it, I think, ultimately. And if we're going to have a dent in the fight against climate change, I think we need to embrace it and we need to acknowledge that again, everyone's on their own journey and what can we do along the way to encourage you to do your best ultimately. Yeah, I totally understand. I can't imagine many people being super excited to open an app that makes them feel awful every day. So I think something that makes them feel incredibly rewarded and positive for even the smallest changes is, is going to ease you into that mindset change that more and more people hopefully are making. No, it totally makes sense. Maybe Jenna, I know there was, from your background, and maybe this comes into making sure people understand what what Nudge is about, but your background in digital marketing, you were saying that there's a big aspect of trying to make sure people don't feel they have to do this. It's like making it something people want to buy into. So how are you going about doing that? Like, what are the ways you get people to, to want to make these changes, to want to take the next step rather than feeling forced? Any advice even for other people that are thinking about this themselves? So I think primarily the one focus that Nudge has had is the educational aspect. We've very much been focusing a lot of our content around educating and providing people with actionable steps and tips. And I think the reason why we've done that is because Nudge is an educational tool and it's a habit forming tool. So for me, I like to think of my role as being able to share advice and share tips and share facts with people that could maybe inspire them and spark them. Obviously, it's the holiday season at the moment. <laughs> there's a lot of extra shopping and buying and all of that going around and something so simple as reminding people that secondhand exists is great <laughs> because people yeah. can not only save a bit of money, but they're also able to keep products in the loop for a bit longer. And there was a staggering stat that I saw about wrapping paper. The fact that we use like 227,000 miles of wrapping paper every Christmas just for presents. And that's literally the distance from the earth to the moon. So that, that is, is incredible. That is too much. No, exactly. <laughs> and so then being able to provide people with alternatives to using the wrapping paper that you get in stores is also, I think, a little bit of a positive for me. So in my experience, it's being able to give people the opportunity to learn rather than just talking at them. I think that's really important and key for 
creating a positive and uplifting space rather than kind of a judgmental and maybe more removed mm-hmm. from our consumers and from the users that we're interacting with. So that's my biggest piece of advice is be a part of the community rather than standing away from the community and being able to just be an uplifting voice in that community. Yeah, that sounds great. I'm still trying to digest some of the stats that you have there. (laughs) I think there's another point though, if we're like looking at marketing and it's the fact that a lot of what I've been talking about today has been around storytelling and resonating. And so for me, that just highlights influencers as well within marketing and the importance of using influencers nowadays and having more of the short form storytelling that we're seeing on TikTok and Instagram and Mm -hmm. uh, just the importance of making sure that whoever you're working with or you choose to work with resonates with your brand, but then also can resonate with your target audience. And with that as well, making sure that they have a unique and authentic take on things and we're actually giving them the creative freedom to be able to giving the influencers the creative freedom to communicate with our audience and communicate with their own target audience in a way that is going to come across the most effectively yeah absolutely it's such a challenging area for anyone involved in marketing and whether you're strategic whether you're someone on TikTok, just trying to influence their own following to make decisions on what they buy. Because one of the previous conversations we've had on the podcast was around the conflict you can have as a marketer, where at some level, you're especially with physical goods, you might be the most climate conscious marketing person, but encouraging consumption is a difficult thing. So, you know, how to justify that conflict? It's a difficult thing. I think everyone's still trying to grapple with it. And do the right thing but sometimes the right thing is very nuanced and is a balance of trade-offs that are hard to figure out I guess we've all got a lot to learn still I I think maybe that slightly takes us to one of my final points which would be do you have any views on the future both for where you're going with Nudge or and how they can be becoming more climate conscious maybe that one start with you Megan on that I'd love to hear your take I want to know a definitive view of the future and and I'm going to bet money that it will happen. (laughs) It's a great question. I guess as we try to scale the Nudge platform for us, brand partnerships are really important and we want to be brand agnostic, but we also want to be mindful of the products that we're placing within the app and encouraging consumers to potentially switch to a new protein, like a meat alternative, for instance. I think in our minds, at least food plays a huge role there. Food by far is the most engaged with in terms of the challenges. It touches everyone. So I think there's a huge opportunity potentially to look at new forms of meat alternatives, et cetera, and veggie pack diets, things that aren't being air freighted in. I think more than anything, it's drawing awareness to some of these impacts and how diet could influence a huge chunk of our carbon impact at an individual level. I think it comprises approximately 25% of our individual carbon footprint. So I think diet plays, plays a huge role. I think there's a lot of work for brands to do in this space to make sure that the products that they're positioning and marketing are sustainable and as sustainable as they can be in terms of packaging and the ways in which they're shipped. And I think ultimately slowing down consumerism. I think we live in a world in which everything is obviously very fast paced and convenience is top of mind. I think if we can get to a place in which we start to slow down and be more mindful of some of the choices that we're making I think ultimately it will have a positive impact on our lives. 
Yeah, absolutely. A little bit of a slowing down is probably very sensible for everybody, <laughs> especially at this time of the year, but maybe it can continue beyond the holiday season. Thank you. That, that's very, very insightful, Megan. Thank you for that. I definitely need to work on my diet a little bit on a number of fronts, but particularly on this angle. What about you, Jenna? Any views on the future, especially in the marketing world, how far out you're looking on the horizon of, of what's going to change there? I think the biggest thing that I'm seeing now is just how cluttered a lot of social media is and how cluttered the whole marketing sphere is and so I think it's just going to become increasingly more difficult to cut through that content clutter and so it's really for me if I think about where marketing is going it's going to be focusing a lot more on just having very quick snappy punchy copywriting and more simplistic designs so that people can almost as they're scrolling through their feed they can just get this sense of like oh wow this is like crisp this is clean just being able to mimic that feeling of this is actually something you should be focusing on and it's clear rather than a lot of the content that we're seeing now where it's just there's so much so I think that's at least what I would be focusing on in the future is how to create really clear snappy short content that's actually going to have the most value and going to get the most attention in a space where there is just so much yeah, I reckon there's a good argument to get rid of the small print and stop with making the big claims and then an asterisk and the actual details of why that doesn't actually make sense down below in tiny two, 10 point text. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. Cleaner, simpler. Yes. Well, wow, thank you both. Did you have any last points of advice or inspiration for anyone you wanted to? Now's your moment. Otherwise, I can wrap up and tell people where to find you both. Yeah, well, I think we would encourage you to download Nudge and join the community. I'll preface that by saying we're very early on our journey, but I think with each each new individual on the platform, we're trying to exact positive change and would welcome you into the community, hopefully, to start your journey. Awesome. Well, we'll link to Nudge in the show notes. And if anyone wants to connect with either of you, Megan, Jenna, where's best to, to find you both? Yeah, I think, well, I'll speak first and then Jenna, feel free to, to chime in. But I think we're both on LinkedIn, of course, in app. If you're downloading Nudge, I would encourage everyone to add us within Nudge as well. We'd love to connect. And then if you have any questions pertaining to Nudge specifically, either on Instagram or on web, I think ultimately at Nudge Life. Awesome. Thank you. Cool. Jenna, I take it that's that's where you are too. No, definitely. <laughs> I, awesome. I'm i always up for a new LinkedIn friend request or something like that. Otherwise... Yeah. Yeah, definitely check out our Instagram. We are not just coming to TikTok, so watch out. <laughs> We'd be happy to see you on TikTok too. But yeah, I think I did have a piece of advice and my piece of advice was just start one thing at a time. Take it easy. Just try and find one simple change that you can make in your everyday life that's not going to cause too much hassle and just go from there and start uh, trying to form that one habit rather than taking on too much at a time, because I think that's probably the best way that you'll be able to actually keep something up for in the longer term. So that would be my advice. That's great advice. Amazing. Yeah, that is fantastic. Especially getting to this point, people maybe think about their New Year's resolutions, don't try and do it all at once. Uh, yeah, fantastic. Well, thank you so much, both of you. Megan, Janet, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for being 
guinea pigs trying out for the first time having two people on the show at once. Thank you very much. Honestly, I, yeah, so excited to check out the app and start making more changes now. So thank you so much. Thank you to our listeners as well. Thank you for listening. Uh, really appreciate everybody tuning into the show. If you've enjoyed the show, let us know about it. And please do give us a thumbs up on whatever podcast day you're listening to this through. And thank you again to, to Megan and Jenna. Pleasure thank to you chat. for having us. Thanks so much. Bye. Thanks. Bye.